You're listening to the Play Like a Girl podcast, episode number 29. You play ball like a girl! I'm Nikki B with Play Like a Girl, made just for female athletes. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Play Like a Girl podcast. I'm your host, Nikki B. Here at Play Like a Girl, we aim to encourage more confidence in young women who play sports and give them the necessary tools and advice to have an amazing career in sports and beyond. If you are a young woman who plays sports and lives an active lifestyle, or you know one of these young women, I am so excited you are here. Each week, we'll either bring you a guest in the sports world or have a roundtable discussion of the many taboo and important topics in the world of female sports. Are you with me? Let's change the game. All right, Plag listeners, today's guest is an Olympic weightlifter, Morgan King. Morgan competed in the 2016 Rio Olympics, breaking an American record and is now on her way to qualifying for the 2020 Olympics. She played all sports growing up, went on to play Division II college soccer, then turned to triathlons and marathons post-college. When she decided she didn't like training solo, she turned to CrossFit, which led her to her Olympic weightlifting journey. She gives us great advice about playing more than one sport growing up, community and communication, and enjoying the journey and process. So please give a warm plaque welcome to our guest, Morgan King. Well, hello, Morgan. I am so excited to talk to you today, so thank you for joining us. Yeah, thanks for having me. I'm excited to be here. Yes, I'm so excited. So we have, I don't think we've had a weightlifter before. We've had a wrestler, but not a weightlifter. So I'm so excited to talk to you and just learn more about what you do and who you are. But before we dive into all the other stuff, we do something with our guests, which is some rapid fire questions. So are you ready? Uh, I think so. Uh-oh. Okay. <laughs> they're e- like they're easy. They're sweating, easy. So it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> okay. First one, where do you currently live? Uh, I live in Atlanta, Georgia right now. Oh, cool. Um, yeah. Where did you grow up? I grew up in Seattle, Washington. Cool. What yeah. sports did you play growing up? Oh, my gosh. I don't think there was a sport that I didn't play. <laughs> um, mostly it was track and soccer, um, but I definitely played all of the sports growing up. And um, I had an older brother, so cool. always wanted Love to be that. him. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's so cute. Awesome. Yeah. Okay, next question. What is your favorite quote? Oh my gosh. Um, I'm like a big quote person. So, uh, what's your favorite one right now? (laughs) Um, I think the one about, uh, Mia Hamm where she says, um, I'm going to obviously going to botch it a little bit, but, um, the idea of it is she works really, really hard. And then at the right time she lights a match. Um, Mm -hmm. and so it's like, you know, you're constantly just like, working, working, working for that right moment. And then when it all comes together, it's like a beautiful thing. Mm -hmm. And I just kind of, you know, with training all the time, you kind of have to remember that part. So um, that one kind of sticks with me. And obviously being a former college soccer player and, you know, all of that, it, she was kind of a badass in my time. So still Mm -hmm. is, but yeah. Oh my gosh. That's, I, I love that you just said that because it's so true. Um, I was just listening to something and it was talking about how you can't compare, like everyone looks at Beyonce now or everyone looks at, um, you know, like all the athletes now, but you don't see all the years and the days of hard work that they had to put in. So it's kind of putting it into perspective. Like you can't compare your day one to their day 100. So right, um, I, right. I love that you just said that. And I love yeah. that you just said you played soccer in college. <laughs> Didn't know that. Yeah. So excited to talk about that. Okay. Yeah. Next question. Um, what is one oh of your gosh. superpowers? Um, (laughs) actually we were just kind of talking about this, the, sorry, there's like, okay. All right. I'm back. Um, (laughs) that was really weird. Um, everything started vibrating there. That was really weird. Um, (laughs) All the notifications are going off. (laughs) Yeah. Um, I, I would like, (laughs) this is kind of a funny one. I think my superpower is not remembering things, um, (laughs) because my, my teammates are always like, oh, well, what did you do last week? Like for like talking about programming. And I'm like, mm-hmm. I I have no idea. I don't remember. Like they're like, oh, well, you did this, this, and this. I'm like, oh, right. So I think mentally for me, that's kind of my superpower and like being able to kind of take it day by day. 
I don't know if that's because I'm just getting older and forgetting things, but um, but I'll take it because I like I like that every day I come in, it's kind of like a new, I don't know, a new day. <laughs> yeah, no, I think that's a great superpower because it kind of almost in a sense is like you can block out everything. So, and as an athlete for you, I feel like you're probably just in kind of like in the zone and in that flow state all the time when you train, which is an amazing quality to have. So the fact that you don't remember things and can kind of just like brush it off and move on, like if you have a bad day, it's okay. You have an, you have tomorrow. So I think that's a right. great superpower to have. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah, okay. I'll take it. <laughs> yes. And then final rapid fire question. I may know the answer to this one. Who is your favorite athlete? Oh my gosh. Um, I mean, definitely Mia Hamm for sure. Um, I mean, Abby Wambach is mm. obviously up there. She's a badass. Um, I mean, there's so many, like I am an insane sports fan. Um, so, I mean, keeping it with women, I mean, I would definitely say those two. Mm-hmm. Um, but I mean, I was a huge Michael Johnson fan. Mm. Um, when he when he was breaking all the world records in track, mm-hmm. like that was glory days. And then obviously like um, Dominique Mojianu from the 1996 um, women's uh, Olympic gymnast team and Dominique Dawes. Oh my gosh, there's so many. So many, <laughs> but, I love it. But, so much inspiration yeah. for you, yeah. which is yeah. neat as an athlete. It's always great to have role models. So that's super cool. And we'll talk yeah. about, cause you are also a role model, but we'll get into that a little bit later. So. All right, so going from rapid fire questions into more of our deep questions, I wanna know who is Morgan King and kind of walk us through your high school experience, college experience, you played soccer, and kind of how that got you to weightlifting and where you are today. Oh my gosh, that's a, that's a <laughs> long question, um, especially for how old I am. Um, no, <laughs> um, you know, I think like, I think realistically like sports kind of always was the background in well I mean really really the forefront in my life you know I I was an okay student but I always you know I always came back to sports and um, you know having an older brother I wanted to be like him and so I would do all of those sports and um, and then kind of I think when I was 11 or 12 I ended up getting into select soccer and um, that was kind of a big um, a big moment for me kind of in taking just the next step to like kind of put your mind to something and um, I have insanely supportive parents and Mm. it was I think that was the start of when I kind of had this longing to be great feeling um, because I always made the B team and um, I never like I always felt like I was good enough to be on the A team and sports politics all of that and I mean obviously there are you know so many great athletes that you know but um, but that kind of was something that stuck with me all the time that I was like you know oh I'm always second I'm always going to be on the B team and then mm-hmm. you know growing up getting into high school Um, you know, I made the varsity team, which was awesome. And we ended up winning state, which was really cool. And, um, and I actually scored the winning goal, um, to put us into the state tournament in a, uh, yeah. And a PK kick, which I had absolutely no idea at that point, the sixth kicker, when you go on, um, is it's like goal for goal basically. So if that sixth kicker makes it, and then the other one misses, then you win. And so everybody right. like ran out on the like field and I was like, what is happening? You're like, what but, just happened? <laughs> yeah. Um, but I remember because of, you know, being on the B team that I would spend hours and hours after training kicking those PKs. And, mm-hmm. you know, it allowed me to create this work ethic of, you know, if you do put the work in and going back to that quote, mm-hmm. like if you put the work in, it's going to come through and it's going to come mm-hmm. through. And, uh, and then, you know, I was very, very lucky to be one of the girls that got, um, you know, a scholarship to go play at a division two school in San Francisco for soccer. And, you know, at that point I was super burnt out. Um, mm-hmm. and you know, my dad kind of forced me to do it cause he's like, you know, you'll regret it. And, uh, And I'm obviously so thankful that he did. Like I had an amazing four years in college and so much fun. I mean, San Francisco, Mm -hmm. (laughs) come on, it's pretty awesome. (laughs) Um, But but yeah, I think, you know, I just constantly had this longing to be something great. And, um, 
And then once I graduated college with a graphic design degree, I was like, okay, I'm going to do the normal, like get out of college, try and get a job and like kind of move on with my life, move on from sports. Obviously they were always going to be in my life, but I, I had kind of given up that competitive side. Mm-hmm. Um, and I got into triathlons, half marathons, um, cause it was just really, I mean, that was kind of, you know, endurance from soccer. Mm-hmm. Like it was just kind of the natural progression for me. And, um, and then I just got really bored training by myself and I knew, I knew realistically I wasn't going to be competitive in it. Um, I was pretty honest with myself in that. Um, and once it started to not be fun, I once again was looking for something else. Um, and that's when a friend introduced me to CrossFit. Um, and then I started getting that competitive bug again mm-hmm. and I was like, okay, you know, I'm not, <laughs> I'm not too old yet. Like this is great. And then like six months in, um, I went to regionals, wanted to get stronger. And then that's when I was, I mean, I had known the Olympic movements for weightlifting, mm-hmm. um, but I didn't, I didn't train in them. Um, and so I wanted to get stronger and our strength coach, um, introduced me to it. And then four years later I went to Rio and, you know, it was just, it was very like, I mean, surreal, um, to kind of have this, you know, it was like, you know, perfect timing kind of thing, you know, insanely talented women that are in weightlifting now. And, you know, it, it, this next road up to 2020 is going to be so much harder because of the amount of women and the amount of talent that we do have. And obviously not that the talent was very low then. It was just with the growth of women in sports right. and strength sports, it's it's awesome to see. Mm-hmm. And, and that only pushes you to be better. And so I'm in this like fun stage of my life where I'm like, you know, I've, I've been able to see like where where I can go and now I can become the athlete that I've always wanted to be mm-hmm. um, and I know that deep inside that that's like that's kind of who I want to be and like finding your voice and finding your spirit and who you are um, it's been a pretty cool process to kind of see that through sports with me because I always was like I need to be something other than an athlete and then mm. I'm like what like I have learned everything I possibly can in life through sports Mm -hmm. and, you know, the ups and downs of it. And, uh, so yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm so thankful that I had, you know, I had parents that were constantly like, okay, if you don't like this sport, let's try this sport. You know, they, (laughs) they definitely found, helped me find a community that I've, I've been able to, um, you know, grow and, and become a better person through it. So mm-hmm. I yeah. love that. I think that is such a beautiful story because it really goes back to that first quote you shared with us in the beginning. And it's so true. Cause I think what's crazy is you really only, you had six months of CrossFit experience and then four months of training and weightlifting, and then you were at the Olympics. So I think it's crazy though, like all the time before that, I think all your experience with soccer and playing in high school and, you know, in, in college, like it goes back to what you said, like you were putting in all that time and then your triathlons as well too, like all that time. And you know, all, all that time you were spending, it was, it was building you into the athlete that you are today. And I think it's just so cool that it's paid off, maybe not in the way of soccer or triathlons, but now in weightlifting. And it's, it's just cool how, um, you know, the way the world works because it's maybe not what you envision, but here you are as an athlete, as a, a, you know, Olympic weightlifter. And I I think that's so cool. Kind of how your, your story has, um, you know, shifted over the years. So that's, uh, that's really cool. Um, so let's talk about the Olympics. What was that experience like? And what was the, the process for training like to get to the Olympics? Oh my gosh. Um, (laughs) so obviously the Olympics are amazing. Um, and and it was, I mean, everything that you see on the TV, like as a kid, I mean, I remember sitting in front of my grandparents TV and watching it and it's like the most magical experience, like, you know, all these fireworks and these athletes. And it was like everything that I had dreamed of. And I was like, this is like, this is so surreal. It's crazy. Mm -hmm. And, and I remember, stepping on stage because I mean we have in weightlifting you have three attempts at the snatch and three attempts at the clean and jerk um and then at the olympics if you don't make a snatch which is your first event 
Um, you don't actually get to go on. You basically are disqualified. Um, and I just remember that feeling of like, okay, I've got to get this first lift in. And like, you know, it's, I mean, we're up there for maybe, maybe 30 seconds at a time, like, (laughs) Mm -hmm. you know, so it's, it's not a lot of time. And so trying to remember that feeling, um, I remember one of our, um, 20, 2008 Olympian, uh, Melanie wrote, she had told me, you know, when, when you walk out and they say your name and, uh, introduce you, she's like, make sure you take in that moment because mm-hmm. everything else is a blur. And mm-hmm. I mean, she was, she was not lying because <laughs> I think back and I'm like, okay, I remember like the felt carpet, the green carpet, like, <laughs> but I couldn't tell you, like, I mean, I broke an American record and I remember mm-hmm. screaming, but like, I remember screaming because I see the pictures of me, you know, like mm. you're in this zone and in this moment that like everything just flies by. And, um, and I actually, my competition was the day after opening ceremonies. And so, I mean, it's crazy to think that like, as soon as everybody was like excited and like ready to gear up for the Olympics, my Olympic experience was, you know, almost done basically, mm-hmm. which is crazy. But then, you know, I was super, super excited because then I got to go and support all the other athletes and mm. spend time with my family, you know, and and I know a lot of like the track athletes and stuff, they're at the end of the Olympics. So like, mm-hmm. you know, they, I don't know, I don't know if they even get to experience a lot of it because, you know, they're so focused. And um, so I was, I was very lucky that I got both sides of that. I got to be, you know, a competitor and, and a cheerleader for Team mm. USA. So that was, I mean, that was pretty exciting. And I mean, I'm that person that like I will cry anytime I see like <laughs> anybody on like on stage on the podium like Aww. yeah when our uh when our super girl um she when she got bronze I was like sobbing my eyes Aww. out like I just I was like it's just the most beautiful thing <laughs> and uh because I mean you know you know exactly like what goes into it and what mm-hmm. people have put in and it's just I think the Olympics really, really brings that out, like, you know, in world championships and stuff like that, like, it is beautiful, but, like, in a multi-sport event, like, I I think that crossover of just understanding the work that athletes put in is just, and their stories, their backgrounds, like, it's just, I don't know, I mean, you know, when they do all of the pieces on, on the athletes and what they've overcome, and it's just, it's super magical. Mm-hmm. That is so yes. cool. Yeah, I we've talked um, to one other gal that was at the Olympics, and it's just like the coolest thing what they say. Like, you see it on TV, but like in in person, it's probably like a hundred times more that, like a hundred times yeah. more the emotions and everything. Yeah. But um, the one thing that I find interesting that I've kind of gathered um, in just talking to you is kind of the importance of community. You seem like you're the type of person who loves community and you love rooting on other people. Like you said, when you, your, your time at the Olympics, it happened the day after. So then you got to be kind of the cheerleader for everyone else after. And with you yeah. know soccer, that's very much team sport community. And then yeah. with the triathlons, that was kind of more solo. And then I think yeah. that's kind of probably why you loved CrossFit because CrossFit is such like a strong community. So um, yeah. what are are some of the things that you um, would say is so important for like just building a strong community, whether it's on a team or in a certain sport? Um, what do you think is like, I don't know, just some of the things that you try to do to help bring a sense of community to wherever you are? Yeah, um, I think for me, like, and especially like I was very lucky growing up in team sports is you know, you do realize that everybody has like one common goal, whether it's, Mm -hmm. you know, in weightlifting, it's individual, like you've got your own separate goals, but like the ultimate thing is going to the Olympics. And, Mm um, and I think realizing that everybody's journey is separate. Like, you know, we, a lot of the times like in weightlifting, it's like, oh, I can't tell them my program because that's my secret and Mm -hmm. all of this, but you know, you can still be supportive in, um, in realizing that, you know, we all are, we're all trying to become better people. And I think Mm -hmm. that's the deepest part of it is, you know, we do obviously like, you know, there is kind of this, like, I want to win and like, you know, Mm -hmm. this very, very competitive spirit. And, um, you know, I do, 
I do sometimes see that like kind of, you know, the caddy side, I've obviously had Mm -hmm. it too. And, you know, sometimes you need to use that as fuel, but -hmm. eventually that fades. Right. And, um, and I think being able to share, share through the struggles, you know, explain to people kind of like what's going on in your life and like, Oh, you know, I'm, this is what's happening. So I didn't mean it that way. Like I think communication, um, is, mm-hmm. is very huge when you go through, especially like weight, especially for weightlifting, because mm-hmm. it is such a neurological sport. Like, I mean, I, I'm living with three of my teammates, so, mm-hmm. and, and we're all women and, uh, <laughs> you know, so like, we're gonna, we're gonna definitely go through those highs and lows together. And, you know, I'm going to feel something, you know, differently than somebody else is going to feel throughout the day. And I think it's just, you know, being supportive through that, the good, the bad, mm-hmm. um, and realizing that it's not personal. And mm-hmm. that's, and that's the biggest thing that I think sports do teach you and, or they should teach you mm-hmm. <laughs> is, is that on the field and in, in, in the field of play, like it's, it's not personal. And, and I think that gets lost more with females than it does males, unfortunately. Um, and cause I think we just overanalyze absolutely everything. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but you know, it's, it's fun to see like, you know, guys on the football field, like they just absolutely crush each other. And then all of a sudden at the end, they're like hugging each other and you're like, mm-hmm. <laughs> what? you know, like it's not, it's not as accepted in women's sports or it's not done as well. I think mm-hmm. in women's sports, because we are perfectionists and I think that's what also makes us insanely good athletes. Right. Um, <laughs> but I, I think, yeah, learning, learning kind of just to be part of the community and don't feel alone or ashamed mm-hmm. of like what you're feeling or, um, I think that was really important for me after the Olympics. Cause mm-hmm. you know, a lot of people don't talk about, you know, that kind of postpartum feeling of like mm-hmm. this, you, you're on this journey for so long and it culminates into this one massive event. And it's like, I had, you know, obviously I had dreams of meddling. I had, you know, I wanted to do this, 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 and this, and, and only one out of the five things happened, you know? Mm -hmm. So it's like, I'm like, oh my gosh. And you know, that's why I'm here today. And that's why I'm going towards 2020 because I still have goals that I didn't meet. And, um, Mm -hmm. but it's, it's that kind of shame, shame feeling that like, I didn't feel like I could reach out to my community and, and in reality, it just kind of fell back on me of like, I just need to speak out. I need to talk more about it. I need to, you know, know that I do have people in my life. I have teammates in my life that are willing to listen. And even if it's just listening, they don't need to, you right. know, respond. But um, yeah, just having that support system is super, mm-hmm. super key. Um, yeah. And I've, I've been very, very lucky to have have that in my life. That's mm-hmm. for sure. Yeah, that's so awesome. I think obviously communication is definitely key with anything, but especially in community. And one thing that you brought up too, which I didn't really know before, is that you said that weightlifting is a neurological sport and you kind of talked about the whole postpartum thing after the Olympics. So um, talk about like weightlifting as a sport and like why is it such a neurological sport and maybe talk about, you know, any of the stigmas that are associated, especially with women in weightlifting. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Um, Well, the stigma, obviously, is that we're just massive humans that (laughs) are just like super muscly. And um, and I mean, that's definitely not true. And the cool thing about weightlifting is it's it is for everybody. Like Mm -hmm. anyone can try it. Anyone can do it. Um, All walks of life, which is really awesome. Um, And we have body weight categories, too. So it's not like I think the the hard part for me in CrossFit was that, you know, I'm, I'm five foot and 110 Mm -hmm. pounds, like (laughs) going against a girl that's five, eight, you know, and 175, like us moving the, the weight is very, very different. Mm -hmm. And so that's kind of what brought me to weightlifting is, is I did feel that inclusion and, and I didn't feel like, so, uh, I don't know what the word is. Um, I don't want to say ostracized, um, like just kind (laughs) of out of place, you Mm -hmm. know, And, um, and I, and I really felt at home that I was like, okay, this is like almost fair. Like I felt Mm -hmm. like it was fair, I guess is Mm -hmm. the more easier way. Um, but (laughs) it's kind of absurd, but, uh, (laughs) um, but, uh, but yeah. And, and just kind of that, 
the the strength aspect that like you're never ever gonna like be strong enough. I loved that. Mm. I loved that feeling of perfection. It was like, you can always add, and we talk in kilos, which is 2.2 pounds mm-hmm. um, per kilo. Uh, you can always add a kilo on, you know? And so it's <laughs> like, it's this constant like, okay, well, last week I did this, today I'm gonna do this. And um, neurologically, <laughs> weightlifting is hilarious because once, your body always hurts. Like there's not, Mm -hmm. there's not a time where like I get out of bed and I'm like, Oh yay, nothing hurts. This is so great. It's going to be a great day. It's like, Oh oh, my gosh. Yeah. (laughs) But I think that also means something's working. Mm -hmm. (laughs) At least I like to tell myself that. (laughs) (laughs) Um, but, uh, but neurologically, you know, it's funny that we'll be like example last Friday, um, after a really heavy training session, my like my brain just completely shut off after it was like like my adrenaline was racing, like I was going like ah! and then <laughs> like we get in the car and I'm not kidding you. It was like <sighs> and I was like, What has happened? And my my roommate actually was like, Are you okay? I was like, I'm just hungry and tired. And like <laughs> you don't really realize like what's going on with your body. And it's funny. Mm -hmm. It's like, you almost have this like out of body experience where you like can't control yourself and you're like, Oh my gosh. And it's like that almost feeling of like overtraining, but you know, you've just pushed your body to the limit and then, you know, you're going to go to sleep and recover and, and do it all over again. Um, (laughs) but because we don't have, like, I don't really sweat that much in training. Mm -hmm. And like, that was always, you know, a feeling in soccer when you were sweating, you were exhausted, you were breathing really heavy. That was a sign of like, okay, I've worked really hard. Where in weightlifting, you know, we do a lift and then we sit down for like two minutes and then we do a lift and we sit down. So it's, it's a very, very different. And like, you know, you're on stage for, I mean, the snatch takes less than a second. Mm -hmm. So I could tell you the second I like the Second, I pull it off the ground if I'm going to make it or not. And so like that, that like knowledge of just knowing that is like neurologically like so crazy in your brain because you're like, oh, okay, cool. I just, you know, I just spent the last six months training for this and I'm going to miss this lift. Like, you know, and so then you have to go back and you have Mm -hmm. to reassess and, and get your mind right again and go, you know, okay, well, that didn't work out. Why didn't that work out? And then you know, you work through it in your brain and, and you have two more attempts, luckily, um, mm-hmm. to go out there. But, you know, and then sometimes sometimes you don't make a snatch and so then you're out of the game. Mm-hmm. So, you know, and it's, it's always like looking back in hindsight, oh, I could have done this and this and this, but, you know, it's a game of inches. And so, mm-hmm. um, yeah, I mean, it's, it's an insane sport. It's like a chess match. It's pretty crazy. Paramount Plus and the National Park Foundation present A Mountain of Zen. Are you still listening? Good. Take a deep breath. You needed a break. This Earth Week, you can live stream seven national parks for seven days on Paramount Plus. So, yes, you can literally stream a stream. Paramount Plus, official streaming partner of the National Park Foundation. I know. That is so crazy. I mean, of course, I know kind of had an idea of some of that stuff, but really didn't realize how much mentally you go through when you're weightlifting. So that's that's mm-hmm. super crazy. But and especially to talking about just like the mental game and mindset, are there any is there anything that you do like every day or every month, every week, whatever it may be um, to just kind of get your mind right as an athlete or any pieces of advice you can give to other athletes for kind of just like making sure that you're in like the, you know, a positive mental state or good frame of mind whenever you're competing yeah well (laughs) I've been working a lot on that recently Um, (laughs) coming coming back from the Olympics was really hard because I think um, I had this you know who am I moment of Mm -hmm. who am I I'm I'm now an Olympian right like Mm -hmm. I have to own that and and people are now looking at you a little different you know it's Mm -hmm. not it's not that you're this Olympic hopeful and you're just you know, the top in your weight class, it's now you've got this title. And I, and I had this huge, um, just this moment of like, oh my gosh, everybody's going to be staring at me on stage. And what if I fail? Mm-hmm. And, 
and I mean, I would say for the last, I mean, almost two years, like right after the Olympics, when I came back, I, I was suffering through that because, you know, I was just so worried about what people thought of me. And, mm -hmm. and then, you know, you have to go back and realize that it, it's the journey that people like of you and who you mm -hmm. are as a person. It's not necessarily that you become this, you know, this Olympian and like, it doesn't change you or it shouldn't change you really. Mm -hmm. And, um, and so for me, like I was really before the Olympics, um, you know, I do a bunch of yoga, I did meditation and, and I kind of got away from that a little bit just because I just, my mind was super clouded and, um, and you know, I, I had this like brand, I was like, Oh, I need to be a brand. I need to, you know, I need mm -hmm. to, build off of what I and in reality like that's just not who I am <laughs> um, and I just like you know I'm still an athlete I'm still a weightlifter I still you know want to you know do the goals that I had set out to do and um and so I have gotten back into I mean I've always meditated at night like that's always been a thing like um I have two apps that I use it's calm and slumber Mm -hmm. um, which I love. And then there's also another free one that's called guided mind. That is awesome. Um, and so I've been doing that more often. Um, just kind of like taking time for myself, I think is really, really important. Um, because you know, I, I have two day practices. So like in the morning I get up and then I go and train, I come back, I eat and I, you know, I read, I rest, catch up on emails and then I go back to train and come back, eat, you know, and it's just this constant, um, just this routine that you can get into and forget about yourself, you know? Mm -hmm. And, um, and I think that was the biggest thing for me is like making sure that I, I had time to breathe, being able to have other hobbies that I've wanted to do. And, mm. um, cause you get so pigeonholed sometimes in training and, and then you, you know, you feel like you can't do anything else. Mm -hmm. And, and that's not the case. And like, and going back to being like neurologically, like so tired, you're like, I've been trying to play the guitar for like two years and like my hands hurt so bad. So like in between training, like I'm like, I can't do it. <laughs> and like, and that was like really frustrating for me. But like in reality, if I really wanted to, I could, you know, take mm -hmm. the time and do it. And so that's kind of been a goal of mine is like, actually, it's really funny. My uh, New Year's resolution was to write more to-do lists. Because <laughs> oh I forget everything. Oh my gosh, that is yeah. so funny. I'm the opposite. Yeah. I need to not write to-do lists. <laughs> I write too many to-do lists. <laughs> well, and I'm so scatterbrained that I'll be like, what What did I just do for two and a half hours? And I was like, Morgan, you were sitting in your closet, you know? And it's like, <laughs> so like if I write down like, like things that I need to do or like Morgan this will only take 15 minutes like mm -hmm. it really really helps me to kind of get back into that me space and um and I think that's really really important for athletes that um you know we we just constantly are pushing our bodies to the max and mm -hmm. just having that time to breathe is huge mm -hmm. so. yeah 100 percent. I love that I think um meditation yoga is so important I don't meditate a lot I'm trying to, but I just can't <laughs> sit still. But yoga yeah. is the thing for me. Like that's where I meditate and I know like mm -hmm. it just grounds me. So I, yeah, I love that you said that because I think anything where you can kind of just like release your thoughts and just not worry about all the things that you have to do in the day, just yoga, meditation, journaling, reading. I think those are yeah. so important for, and like you said, getting out of the pigeonhole of training and what you're supposed to be doing, but at the right. same time, you're not just the athlete. You're not just your sport. You can do other things and it's going to be right. okay. <laughs> right. So. Right. Yeah. yeah. And I think just getting like, I think there's a lot of like stigma of like that. Oh, it's like super hippie. Like, oh, she's journaling. Mm -hmm. She's meditating. It's not. And it's, it's funny when, when people do get into it, they're like, oh, this is what I've been missing. And mm -hmm. I mean, it's definitely tough to get into it. Like you said, like meditation is, is really tough to sit there and like, oh yeah, there's, <laughs> there's like a couple a couple of the ones that I do from calm are like 10 minutes I'm like I can do this for 10 minutes you know mm -hmm. like I, it's just like breathe 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 and then it's over I'm like okay right. I did it you know at least right. I took the time and it's just I mean it's just like even any sport like this you know it takes a little bit longer to get into it but once mm -hmm. you do it like it becomes a little bit easier and yep. um 
Yeah, and I always get that way with yoga too, where I'm like, oh, how much longer? And then I'm like, oh, I love this, you know? Totally, and it's so true. <laughs> and just with the whole mental thing too, it's just a matter of like, like you said, your your app, it's only 10 minutes long. So you have to think, okay, I can do something for 10 minutes. It is yeah. only 10 minutes. Like, so kind of just pushing past your own mind and just doing it. So um, right, right. I love that. Um, so let's talk about two. Um, you are an athlete role model for the Youth Olympic Games. I think that's so cool. So kind of talk yeah. about your role, what you do for the Youth Olympic Games. Um, and yeah, just talk about your experience with that. Okay. Um, so I was invited, I would say last summer, I think it was, um, to go to the Youth Olympic Games, um, which were in Buenos Aires in Argentina in October. And um, I was actually invited by the IWF, which is the International Weightlifting Federation. Um, and then they work for the IOC, which was, um, which is the International Olympic Committee. And I kind of was just at a point in my life where like, even if I had would have made worlds in November, I was still gonna go. Like I just knew that, mm. so you have to be, uh, you have to be an elite athlete in order to be invited. So you have to be like mm. a current athlete. So I knew realistically I would have, I would never get the chance kind of again to do this. Mm. And, and that was a really, really big part of why I wanted, like as an Olympian, I wanted to kind of be able to inspire the youth and just, I don't know, with social media these days, like you're able to, your reach is so much bigger. Mm-hmm. And so when I got invited, I was like, I was so excited. I couldn't, even, I was so excited. And just like, you know, in that point of my life, I was um, just kind of down in the dumps and I, I needed kind of a wake up call and like, just, I don't know. It was just, it was perfect timing for me to go. And I went there and um, our other weightlifter actually, he wasn't able to come. And so it was just me as the mm. like weightlifting. Yeah. And I ended up working a ton and it was like very long hours and I was training in between and, um, but it was honestly, it was the most rewarding experience I think I've ever done. And I was just like, it was funny cause a lot of the youth kids have actually been weightlifting longer than me, which I kind of <laughs> laughed about. <laughs> um, but, uh, but you know all of the people even the people that came and watched like people wanted to take pictures with me and then like Mm -hmm. the volunteers that were working with me they were a lot of them well actually one of my volunteers he's from almost patagonia area in argentina Mm -hmm. he drove to the olympics to brazil they drove 50 hours to go experience it yeah (laughs) he got uh, he got the Rio tattoo and the Olympic greens tattooed on him. I don't have any of those. Um, and he, and he was like, you don't understand like the Olympic movement. He's like, just you being you like in inspiring us to be able to like, I was absolutely blown away. Like it does like being in America, it, it doesn't occur to me that I can't do anything I want to do, mm. you know, and obviously I'm blessed with parents, you know, mm-hmm. and, and all of that, the support system, but like some people can't even fathom to be able to even go to the Olympics as an mm. athlete. And I was insanely humbled knowing that. And just like, they were like, you just being you is really cool. And I was like, mm. oh my goodness, you know, and, and And I think just being a good representative for the sport of weightlifting, like I was able to sit down and talk with Thomas Bach for like a whole session. He ended up staying, which is super awesome and explained (laughs) to him about weightlifting and, and even like the chess match that goes on in the back and, um, and just being involved as not as an athlete, you Mm -hmm. know, as part of just an ambassador to your sport and, and to sports in general, like we got to work with a bunch of the kids out there and like teach them what weightlifting was. And it was mostly girls, which was even Mm -hmm. awesome. Like, I was Mm -hmm. like, there was a girl, I think she may have been three and she was just the sassiest little thing ever. And I was like, my heart, (laughs) it's just (laughs) bursting. It was just, it was so fun to like, I don't know. It was like a huge wake up call for me because mm-hmm. once again, you know, you get so pigeonholed and you're just like, oh my gosh, like I have to do these. I have to hit these numbers if I don't do this. Da, 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 da. And then it's like, Morgan, you are literally living the dream right now, mm-hmm. you know, and it, mm-hmm. and 
you know, and I can complain about, you know, oh, I don't make enough money, you know, like all this stuff. But in reality, like that's not really what matters and why I'm doing it. And so Mm -hmm. just being, I don't know, just inspiring kids and, you know, everybody else to just kind of like follow their dreams. And, um, it was just, it was an amazing experience. Like I would, I would attribute that to probably the reason, like I kind of, I would say take back my life, you know, from, Mm -hmm. from what it was after the Olympics, like that was a huge moment. I remember actually writing it down in my journal and, and being like, this is why you're doing it, Morgan. It isn't, it isn't always for the fame and the glory, you know, and, and winning. It's, it's a lot more than that. And, right. and you're just one person in a cog, you know, so. Mm-hmm. That um, is so cool. I love that. Yeah. What a cool experience. And yeah. what are, what it's like some advice, especially, especially that you would give to the, the young female wrestlers, like the three, I mean, maybe not the three-year-old cause she's probably too young to understand, right. but what's like right. some of the pieces of advice that you gave to the young female athletes that were there? I think, I mean, honestly that, you know, breaking down that barrier of, of being strong, Um, and I mean, even being like in weightlifting, just being strong, isn't it? You have to be strong mentally. And, Mm. um, and I think it's really, really important for, for them to learn. And even my thing for weightlifting is you don't necessarily have to do it as a sport, but as an accessory to other sports, it's incredible. Mm -hmm. And, and I think if we can, uh, if we can get females into that and breaking down those stereotypes of, of, you know, oh, you're going to get so bulky and all of that, um, is huge for women. Like if I would have known about weightlifting, oh my goodness gracious. Um, if I would (laughs) have, sorry. Um, if I would have known about like weightlifting going into college, like I was 93 pounds going into college. Like I was, yeah, I was very, very tiny. And, you know, I think that would have helped, you know, would have helped me off. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, getting looks at maybe Division One schools because you know obviously they don't want a ninety-three pound. <laughs> like I'm going to get pushed over. Um, you know, and so I think I think it's just breaking down those stereotypes and that you know it, you don't necessarily have to be in a singlet and like you know do all these meets because that's intimidating. It's very mm-hmm. very intimidating being out there by yourself, but you know, if you can use it for other sports that you feel more confident in, like it's only going to bring you more confidence. Mm-hmm. Right. I love that. That's so awesome. Um, yeah. what about any advice for like coaches and parents out there? So, um, cause I know you said you had an awesome support system. So kind of like, yeah. what have you learned from your experience with your parents that, you know, supported you and kind of pushed you to play soccer in college? What's your best advice to the, um, other coaches and parents out there? Um, you know, there there is a a very fine line in in pushing pushing your mm-hmm. children to become better athletes, and um, but it's also you need to make sure that your kids love what they're doing. I think for me, not being a single sport athlete was huge. Mm-hmm. Um, it kept my curiosity, and mm-hmm. um, and you know, I personally, when I do have kids, like I I want them to be able to try everything. I think mm-hmm. that's really, really important because that allows them to make the decisions for themselves. And um, and now, especially you know, with with female athletes and um, and colleges being able to fund more and more athletes, like it, it's not necessarily just the soccer, the softball. You know, right. it's all sports that are getting funding, and and I think that's really, really powerful. Um, but I also do think, you know, you do, you do need to be pushed. Um, and I'm, I'm very much like one of those athletes that like, I was always like the, like funny, like always had to run (laughs) extra lines of some sort because I was goofing (laughs) off, you know? Um, so you do, you do need to kind of like hone in and, and, and make sure that your athletes and your, you know, the kids are focused, but I think Mm -hmm. making sure that they love it is the first and foremost thing because, you know, I even got to a point where I was like, I don't want to do this anymore. And nobody had pushed me to do anything, you know? So we, we do get burned out no matter what. And I think, yeah, being very, very supportive and like, I mean, 
my mom is is very supportive but my dad is definitely like the sports one like my mom is like I can't even watch you I think I'm gonna throw up every single time <laughs> uh, whereas my dad was like well you looked good and uh, I don't know you didn't you know like this looked a little off I'm like yeah dad um, but uh, so my dad is definitely my sports guy and what he used to say um, actually I have a really funny story about this <laughs> he, he's probably gonna kill me um, <laughs> but uh one time in soccer, he was the dad that would always yell. He was my coach growing up, and then when I made select soccer and all of that, it kind of you know fizzled. And then he would always be the guy that would be like, "You, you got to buy a ticket if you're going to stand and watch." Like as, oh. if I was standing in the game, and he would like scream. And I forget what he said one time, and I was literally running down the side of the field, and he was saying something to me, and I stopped mid run, and I went, "Shut up." Oh. And he, from that day on, it was like, okay, let's go. Oh my gosh, that so is hilarious. So <laughs> I, there is definitely a fine line of like, obviously he was my, you know, my biggest, biggest supporter, but he also mm -hmm. like was trying to find that balance of like pushing me so that I right. would play my hardest. And, um, but yeah, he's like, I'll never forget that. He was like, I've never oh. been so embarrassed. That is, you know, what's so funny. You just said that because I have a very similar story and my dad was very similar, like pushed me probably a little too hard. And there was one time cause I played golf and I was in a tournament and he was just like, I could just tell from his body language that he was so upset with me and how I was playing. And then finally I like made this super long putt for a birdie and I turn around and look right at him and I'm like, how you like that putt dad? <laughs> and he was like, he was like, I liked it. I liked it a lot. Like, and Jess was like mortified and just like, yeah, same thing. Like from the, oh. for the rest of the tournament, he was like pretty much, you know, straight edge clapping. Like, right. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I can't even imagine in golf too. He was probably mortified. Oh yeah. Well, and of course, yeah. Cause of course it's like me and I think two or three other girls and then like maybe a, a marshal and like a couple other right. parents. So there's, there's not many people. So everyone heard that was there <laughs> for I sure. So oh I'm gosh, glad, he, I'm glad um, I'm not the only one and he's not the only one that has done something like that. Right, right, right. I love it. That's so, so amazing. Too funny. Okay, Morgan, well, what is next for you? Oh my gosh. Um, so next, like next, next is, mm -hmm. um, we have Pan Am Championships, which is in Guatemala City. So that's at mm -hmm. the end of April. Um, and that is one of our, our qualification system is insane to make the Olympics. We have to um, basically compete every three months internationally for 18 months, so six times. Um, and you have to have one gold event. And there's usually two gold events per year. So we only have three left, um, or four left. And uh, so I made that one, and that's this one coming up. So that's like kind of a big check off the list. Mm, nice, um, congrats. <laughs> thank you, thank you, I'm excited. <laughs> um, but yeah, so we have that, and then we've got um, a couple of national meets, um, and then uh, several, obviously, several international meets. So we could, I mean, we travel kind of all around the world um, to crazy places because weightlifting, <laughs> weightlifting is definitely in some fun places that you probably wouldn't always visit. So it's fun to go <laughs> see them. Um, but we're actually our world is in Thailand in September. Oh, cool. So yeah, so everyone definitely wants to make that team. Um, so that's the goal. Yeah, that's the big goal um, for the end of the year. But we we try and space out our competition so we can train a lot longer because strength training obviously takes a bit longer um, to like peak. And so a lot of the meets that we'll be doing um, or competitions, I should say, um, are like we'll be kind of training through them and then we'll drop and then we'll peak for a big one and then kind of drop off. Um, so, yeah, it really – it really depends on my coach and what he decides and what he thinks is best. But, um, but yeah, those are Guatemala city in April and then, um, Thailand in September are the big ones. So awesome. So yeah. exciting. Okay. Yeah. So wrapping up a couple more questions for you. What yeah. is something you would tell your younger self? It gets better. <laughs> I Everything love that. Yeah, everything, I mean, you know, and we talked about this earlier, that you just are, you just don't realize, like, how 
the universe is kind of just conspiring with you, you know, mm-hmm. and and I, I did have the dream of becoming an Olympian my whole entire life. I just didn't know what sport, obviously, and I had thought, you know, well, figure skating can't do that. Gymnastics, that's out. Soccer, that's out. <laughs> you know, and then I, I found weightlifting. So I think it's, you know, don't give up. And mm-hmm. if you do really feel like you're born to be great, like, don't don't give that part up. So mm, that's awesome. I love that. Okay, so your final words and advice to our listeners. And also, where can everyone find you? Ooh, um, final advice. Oh, that's a really, oh, that's really tough. Um, <laughs> I, I mean, I would, I would really say like, enjoy, enjoy the journey, enjoy the process. It, it definitely sucks a lot of the time. Um, but it's those, you know, few and far between moments that make everything worth it. And, mm-hmm. um, and I think, you know, grabbing a hold of your community and being able to have them for support, you know, when you do feel those moments that you are less than, um, is really important. Uh, and I think, you know, I've been so lucky to have the support of, you know, USA weightlifting, my teammates. I finally have a team, which I'm super excited. This Mm. is the first time. Um, And, uh, you know, just just dig deep and get through it. Um, It's worth it. It's worth it in the end. And, you know, better or worse, you'll you'll have a really, really good lesson and you will you will have those moments of greatness. I promise. And then basically I'm King Morgan on like every platform with an love H. It. I love yeah. it. Your name is so good. It's just, I mean, the fact that your last name is King, I just think it's so cool. I know. <laughs> I got okay. pretty lucky. Yes, you did. All right. Final question for you, Morgan. What does playing like a girl mean to you? Oh my gosh. Uh, playing like a girl is, I believe is just being you. Mm-hmm. And and being able to develop that curiosity and that, you know, that comfort inside of yourself and knowing that you're going to go and give it your all every second of every day. And and we are very lucky that we are perfectionists and that's our strength. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think digging deep and knowing that is is a huge reason of why I like to play like a girl mm-hmm. and and become myself. <laughs> I love that. Oh my gosh. Thank you so much, Morgan, for coming on the podcast today. Yeah. Thanks for having me. I loved it. All right, Plag listeners, please make sure to share this episode with a friend who you think will enjoy this podcast. I'd love to hear your feedback and thoughts on this episode, so head to iTunes to leave a review. You can also send any questions or topics you'd like us to cover by sending us a DM on Instagram at playlikeagirlmp. We want to know what you want to hear. Before you go, screenshot this episode and tag us at Play Like a Girl MP so we know you're listening alongside us. Thank you so much for listening to episode 29 of Play Like a Girl. We hope you come back for more. Once again, I'm Nikki B, and remember to never stop playing like a girl. Or wait, like a girl. you play ball like a girl! docuseries on Paramount Plus. Why did he kill his family? The answer lies across the ocean and a woman named Sylvie. She's the can model. Where desire leads to deception. I ended up spending twelve and fifteen thousand dollars a day. It was addictive. I can't get you out. And obsession leads to murder. Who did this to your family? You can't really maintain a fantasy forever. Control all desire now streaming on Paramount Plus.